Hello, everybody. This is Dr. Deanna Minnick. Welcome to the Color Can Heal Your Life podcast, where we explore how you can get some more color, creativity, and healing in your everyday life. We get to look at the spectrum of eating, living, feeling, Hello, everybody. and creating Welcome that to the you're Color all Can about. Heal Your Life podcast. So let's dive in today. To my inspiration guest is Dr. and information Sauer. rainbow that awaits and us. And we are going to talk about a number of different topics connecting into nutrition, color, creativity. You'll see. So welcome, Christine, to the podcast. Thank you for having me, Diana. It's a pleasure to be on your podcast. Wonderful. Well, as most listeners know, one of my first questions is, what is your favorite color? Actually, it is purple. Purple. I love purple. Hey, you're my first guest that has said purple. And usually I find that many people love this color. Do you, have you always liked purple? Is this something that has been throughout your life, or is this just kind of in the moment right now? Purple is your favorite color. No, it has evolved. I, as a child, I was more into red, and then I evolved over green, and then I went back to red, and now I really like purple. <laughs> For about the last year or two, I really like purple. So that's what I wear. That's what my website looks like. I just like it. <laughs> nice. Well, I'm curious. What What is the feeling or what kinds of things come up for you when you look at the color purple? Why do you think you're so connected to it now? For me, it's a warm, fuzzy feeling. And it gives me a feeling of love and connectedness with other people and trust and warmth and faith. And I like that. Hmm. That's so fascinating. You know, with all the different colors, it's fascinating how many people say the same things about different colors. So yeah. what you just said about purple is what I've heard other people say about green. You know, sure. it's, just, it's just great how we all have that personalized connection into a color. So I'm kind of curious, too, because, um, you know, I interview a lot of healers and people in the health professions on this podcast. And, you know, one of the things that I believe takes us into the space of healing is our sense of creativity. And I'm curious what your thoughts are on creativity and how you connect creativity into healing. I think creativity is very important in healing. And a part of it for me is that when I connect with a client, I call it, then I talk to them, I ask them questions, I hear them tell me about what's going on with them. And at that moment, I listen. I listen to my intuition, to my creativity, and it gives me ideas. And those ideas usually are right the way that the client needs to go. And that helps me connect with the client and heal him. Interesting. So are you equating creativity with intuition? Do you see them as one and the same or at least connected or associated with I each other? I think they're connected. And I strongly believe in synchronicity. And if you're creative and listen to yourself and your inner creativity, I think that's very equal to intuition in a way. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Intuition makes me creative. And do you think that the creativity I can make us intuitive as well? Sure. 
Sure, sure, sure. I think it's connected. I used to do little sculptures and I really loved doing them and they're, they're very, very expressive. That was years ago and uh, I found that my intuition told me what to do and the creativity was the outlet for it. You know, let's talk about intuition a bit because I think that there's kind of a fine line and, and much like creativity or even color, people have different definitions of what creativity mm-hmm. is. Um, I'm sorry, intuition What do you is. think about it? Yeah, well, well why don't you tell mm-hmm. us what, what you think intuition is specifically? I think intuition is a feeling in your stomach that you, when you go inside yourself, and really quiet, quiet down, connect with the universe and with yourself, what comes out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But and how it, do you, how do people mm-hmm. distinguish? Because um, oftentimes they may be receiving messages that don't feel healthy. Like what if I closed my eyes and connected in and said, hmm, I really want uh, an, an Oreo cookie right about now, you know? I mean, how do we draw the line between what is intuitive and good for us and coming from that place versus just what is a message that's coming into our subconscious? I think that's very hard for people to learn to distinguish. I think the feeling is very different. The feeling is either, oh, my brain tells me that, my mind tells me that it's talking, talking, talking and tells me, oh, my God, a piece of birthday cake on or a cookie would be so yummy. And, you know, the feeling you get in your brain afterwards that uh, cocaine or uh, <laughs> addiction feeling and your intuition says, well, it would be nice. But there's other things that would be nice, too, like connecting with nature and listening to God or whatever you call the creator spirit or whatever you believe in. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, but how do we get to that point where we can distinguish, you know, how do we create that, that loving discernment? And, you know, for you, you, it sounds like you're a very intuitive person. And I think that all of us have that, that ability to be intuitive, but it's Mm -hmm. like a muscle. If we don't exercise it, it doesn't get strong and we don't, we're not in communication with it. So how does one, and I'm asking you this because mm-hmm. intuition is so much a part of your your uh, healing practice. So how does one develop their intuition? I think it takes time and effort because I wasn't always intuitive. I was raised very rational by my parents. So all that was is reason. And When I got older, it just didn't work anymore. And when I went through my crisis, and I was very sick 20 years ago, I had to change my ways because it just didn't work anymore. Mm -hmm. And I learned that you can actually feel feelings and intuitions and see that it works for you. And that creates what I call synchronicity that creates seemingly chance events that in the end turn your life around. And usually it's in a good way in the end. Do you remember the first time that you thought that there was another way other than being rational and logical that you started to open up to this creative, artistic, intuitive side of you? You know, was there, 
tell us a little bit about your story. How did you come into that? Because if you weren't raised with it, there has to be some point that things start to change, right? And so what was yes. that, that turning point for you? Mm. Well, I was born and raised in Germany, and I had a big health crisis. I was a dermatologist, a physician, worked in the family uh, doctor office of my ex-husband. wasn't a happy marriage. was all rational, a good provider and a doctor, and my parents liked that. had two children, and I had a, my own successful office, and then disaster struck. My back went out on me, and mm. I don't think it was chance that it did, and I couldn't work no more. I had to sell my office, fell in a deep depression, started eating uncontrollably, cake and all stuff that is not good for you, got fatter and fatter, which didn't make me happy, and eventually <laughs> my ex-husband, he wasn't very good, and I decided to, to separate from him, so he decided to kill himself. <gasps> oh, my goodness. And at that point, I was there, two teenage sons, and immigration papers to Canada because my ex-husband started the procedure because he didn't want my sons to uh, have to serve in the compulsory German army. So I said, well, if that's not a hint, go to Canada. What the heck? <laughs> Best decision in my life to come over here. And I was really bad then. I had the two sons. They were not very nice to me. I was a doormat. And I ended up trying to commit suicide because I was desperate, isolated, alone. Mm. And a little intuition, a little voice told me, don't do it, go to the emergency room. And I was very fortunate. I got the help I needed. I was in the hospital for weeks. Then they put me in the day hospital, which is a long time to be in the hospital and day hospital. I learned the word assertiveness and I learned to listen to my inner voice, to my thoughts, to my feelings, and eventually to my intuition. Mm. So that deep health crisis got me into changing. And it took me many, many years to really get myself healthy. And I learned that you really need a combination of approaches from conventional medicine, which has its positive sides, to alternative medicine and everything in between. And that's my mission now, to connect the people with their intuition, with their inner voice, give them good information so they can change if they feel that's what they want to do in a healthy way. Wow, what a journey. What a journey for you, right? I mean, moving to a different country, being uprooted, not feeling the sense of trust and safety within your family, uh, issues with survival, wanting to take your own life and not live. So I would say within the system that I teach, this is uh, the color red, and it's all about the root. It's really about mm. our foundation of who we are. And it sounds like you had just had so many uh, of these issues that were all colliding and coinciding simultaneously. Oh, yeah. How, how did you even, I mean, so, so being at the hospital is one thing, because then you start to have some epiphanies. And what were some of the first things that you started to do in order to feel better? Because changing your mind and how you think, I mean, that's that's not easy. I mean, especially when you've 
been raised a certain way and then had this, uh, this, this whole scenario with your, your, um, ex-husband and your children. I mean, where does it begin? Like how, for somebody even in the same place as you, where would be some of the places that they would start and where did you start? Well, for me, the journey started with the conventional medicine in the hospital. Of course, I got all kinds of medication pumped into me, had panic attacks, and, 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 and it took a while for me to actually change my thinking. And the day hospital, which is a day treatment program where you learn to express yourself. I know I was in a hospital and I nursed, and I said to the nurse, well, she said, you have a lot of stress. And I said, I have no stress. I'm not working. And she looked at me and said, you're really a good actor. So mm -hmm. I realized suddenly, oops, she's right. Mm -hmm. I'm not in touch with my feelings or intuition. That was one of the turning points. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. So the intuition really came through strongly. And it seemed like when you were at this breaking point, you were put into this position of really having to go on the inside. How did you first know that you were connecting to your intuition, which coincidentally within the system that I work with intuition correlates with the color purple, which happens to be the color you like. <laughs> yeah, that is not, so. a, not a coincidence. I believe that. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds good. I like that. I like colors and yeah. So, so what was the first, so you started to listen to your intuition slowly but surely. Do you remember mm. any of the initial impulses or intuitions that you received and, and how you responded to them and how you started to open up that level of communication? Um, it was a process and I wrote a lot. I wrote diary for a while. I wrote a whole bind of diary. I still have it. Mm. <laughs> and I learned that there's more to life than just um, thinking and science and learning, which is fun. I love it. Nothing wrong with it. But there's more to life than that. And there's another coincidence. <clears throat> I don't believe in coincidences anymore. I was just going to ask you. <laughs> yeah, no, it was in chronicity and it was a very unlikely coincidence that I met my now husband, who is a wonderful man, sweet husband, was with me all the way and I met him 20 years ago too. No, 17 years ago now. And it wasn't, a, it was a meant to be. It truly was. And that made me even think more and says, hmm, why did I get with that man, which was extremely unlikely that we would connect? Why the f did I get with that man? And then I started thinking and I started more and more connecting with my intuition and the spiritual side. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I, I love this because so many people, you know, when I talk about listening mm -hmm. on the inside and listening to one's body, oftentimes where people are just so disconnected, they can't even put that communication together. Right. I'm, I'm kind of curious, Christine, do you see that there's a difference between the instinct that we have and intuition? How, how do people know what they're navigating? When we call this intuition, are we just really referring to that inner voice that keeps kind of nagging at you to do certain things? 
or no, I don't something... think so because the inner voice when we listen to the thoughts is often what I call masturbation with a you. That means we tell each other, oh, we should do this, we should do that, we are bad people. That's not intuition. Mm-hmm. For me, intuition is a feeling I get that I should do something right now. So it's almost and like it doesn't involve words. It's just, it's no. more of a feeling. Like you said, it's in the gut. Yes, definitely. Mm-hmm. It doesn't involve words or talking in my head. That's different. You have yeah. to quiet your talk in your head to realize that you have an intuition. That's and that's what gets me to the connections I made. That's what got me with my now husband. That's what got me in the place we are now. And I'm very happy now. It sounds like it. I mean, goodness, you've gone from being a dermatologist to now being in this whole arena of holistic health and healing, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah, it's a very, very big difference. I mean, in in Germany, I already was a naturopath. So I knew there's a little bit more than just uh, scientific conventional medicine. But the whole thing of mind-body medicine, Mm -hmm. I learned that here and I'm grateful for it. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of uh, interested in maybe connecting the dot into dermatology just for a second because mm-hmm. I'm intrigued with skin. I feel like it's it's a symbolic landscape of what's going on on the inside and so much of what needs to come out kind of bubbles up, boils out onto the skin. Mm-hmm. And I'm curious about, you know, with, with your combined background of being a natural medicine healer with being a dermatologist and now in this intuitive healed place that you're in how do you see skin health so if you could go back and be a dermatologist like you were how might you be talking with patients that you would have about their skin condition what do you think is at the root of a lot of these skin conditions well that is a very interesting question and i could never go back to be a dermatologist like i was in germany because i had to do five minute medicine which is extremely frustrating So if I ever do that, and I still treat patients with skin diseases, and the question, I ask them questions. What is itching you? Is it your skin or something else? It's often something else. They're stressed out and that makes them itch, makes them break out. Or what do you eat? There's a big, big connection between our gut health, our food, and the health of our skin. What are some of the the foods that you see that seem to inflame the skin? Are there certain ones that just for most people you're starting to see a pattern? Well, yes, of course. Uh, The standard American diet, the so-called SAD diet, is very pro-inflammatory. And the skin is one of the organs where you can see it first. And so many people have acne, eczema, Even psoriasis, those are all inflammatory disorders. And the inflammation is caused by the modern food industry and the toxins in our food. And that is a shame. And it's hard to escape it. Mm -hmm. I always believe believe there is a, uh, it comes together, the disposition, you have a disposition towards a certain organ system being affected and then the food you eat and the thoughts you think. Mm-hmm. And how do you think that you, when you're talking about food or the thoughts that we're thinking or the emotions that we're having, do you feel like there's one that is 
more important than the other or do you weight them all equally in the whole process of healing? I think they are all very important. But if you don't lay the foundation in at least a 80% better diet, which I mean more vegetable, more organic foods, less modern grains, less toxic foods, less of the uh, packaged food, processed food, and then have the foundation to start with non-toxic skincare and non-toxic thoughts, then you can be really healthy. You know, it's quite amazing because I do a number of online programs with lots of women, and a lot of these women have done a lot of work on themselves. So some of them are even nutritionists themselves, and so they've mastered food, right? Mm -hmm. they, they're eating so clean and so pristine, and they've, they've done it all. And I've even had patients like this where mm -hmm. they'll show me pictures of their food, and they're a star. But mm -hmm. yet they still have autoimmune disease. They still have allergies. They still have eczema. And so, you know, it, it's, it's such an interesting dynamic because many times people are doing what we would consider all the right things, but yet they still have issues. Mm -hmm. So I'm kind of curious, where would you say to look if people are still having issues, despite the fact that they're not eating a processed diet? They're they're really healthy. And in fact, they may even be a health practitioner who knows about this stuff. So they're already there. But what what is remaining to be looking at? I think what is remaining often case is that some people are too much perfectionists and they try when they want to eat right, they eat right 100% and uh, make themselves crazy over eating. It's called orthorexia. They get mm -hmm. so perfectionist about eating right 100% of the time that they can't enjoy the food anymore, that they can't be mindful of eating because they are so stressed out if they're eating the right thing. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just as inflammatory as eating, say, craft dinner. <laughs> but yeah, my you know, I, I've often thought that as well that you know I call it analysis paralysis it's almost mm -hmm. like we're analyzing we know so much it's almost like we know too much and that that sense of our left brain our logical brain is it gets in the way of things right and it yeah. kind of paralyzes us in the way of moving forward that is so true, and I love what you do with your colors. That is wonderful to connect with the intuition and with the emotional parts that are so important for our life. You know, wouldn't it be nice if, if we went into a healthcare practitioner's office and they asked us about our intuition, mm. or if they asked us about our what color do we like, or are we being creative, or... Are we flowing? Are we moving? How are our social networks? How, do, how are our communities? And right. I just feel like we're so much of the medical system that we're in is missing the mark. I, I completely agree. We treat everything symptomatic with pills here, pills there, and it's not involving the whole person. And a person is not just uh, medications we really don't have an aspirin deficiency and it's not just what we eat. It's also, as you said, the intuition and the, the emotional part and the spiritual part. And I try when I 
work with clients to involve all aspects of the person. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and do you find that when you're working with people that uh, most times you're working with food or, you know, being that you're working with a whole person, it kind of feels like you can move back and forth on that spectrum of where they're at. So do you, what, what do you find that you're working on most times with people? Well, I pick them up at the place where they are, and usually they're in a dark place. They don't feel well, they don't know where they want to go, they are so confused about what all they get on the internet for conflicting information. So I pick them up there, and then I do an analysis of the whole person, and then I make a health strategy blueprint, I call it, a step-to-step plan how to get them back to health, to the light at the end of the tunnel, as I call it. So they see where they're going, they reconnect with themselves, but it, it, it's a process, it takes time, and there's people that are just not motivating in going that way. Mm-hmm. How do you analyze what you've got to work with? I mean, what is your clinical process of how you actually get inside and you know, mastermind a plan for a client? I mean, how do you do that? Do you have a, a set way, or are you using your intuition? How, how do you do that? I use a combination. I have questionnaires that are very detailed and that my clients need to fill out before they get uh, to the health strategy consultation, which is usually an hour and a half to two hours. And in that consultation, before I go into it, I look at the questionnaires and that gives me an idea where to go. And then I connect with the client online on Skype or as you do on the phone or on Zoom and talk to them and ask them the questions that I need to know to get to know them better. And they talk, the clients talk about their health issues and their life issues. And that forms my intuitive and scientific and common sense plan. And at the same time, I put it into a spreadsheet (laughs) so I know what I'm doing. And uh, then when they fall, follow the plan step by step, they get better. Mm-hmm. But if they don't, well, they stay where they are. So you really do weave together a systematic kind of a left brain, right brain approach of using your intuition together with the inputs that you're getting from questionnaires and assessments and such into this Exactly. This yeah, plan. That's, that's yeah. what I like to do. And that's what brings the results for the clients in the end. Have you had any people that uh, were just remarkably transformed and had their life overturned in a, a completely new way? Well, I had a client. She's a very sweet lady, and uh, she had severe health problems, autoimmunity, stomach problems, ran to the toilet 10 times a day, had pain all over her body, got diagnosed with a few diseases, got pills and, and stuff. And I did a allergy test with her and talked to her, did the analysis and gave a food plan. And she realized her pain is gone. Mm. Her stomach problems is gone. And we are now working with the doctor to reduce her really strong medications because mm. I'm not telling anybody to stop medications. I'm not doing that. But I work with the doctor and the client to reduce it if possible. That's great. That's wonderful. So you just did this with food, just those small changes with food. With food and, and talking to her and 
seeing what she's doing, reducing her stress, managing stress, make, talking to her about sleep and, and stuff like that. And I guide the clients along the way and uh, giving them little tips like a hot water bottle. There's people that have no idea how to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, it's interesting. I, I have a lot of little tips that I give my clients and that really bring them forward. That's great. That's wonderful. You sound like a, a very seasoned practitioner that you're coming from this place of wisdom in, in many respects. Is, is, are there certain things that you'd like to leave the listeners with? And so being that we don't know everybody's health history, mm-hmm. can we leave them with three, three takeaways that most people would benefit from if they were to follow through on these three things? Certainly. I firmly believe never give up looking for a solution for your chronic illness. Get help to get to the root of your illness. Don't just go with the superficial stuff. It does make a difference what you eat and how you live. And there is a light at the end of the tunnel. And if you can't see it, get help from friends, practitioners, doctors to get there. That's great. And and so... um sounds like we need to take a multifaceted team-oriented approach in order to really find our path sometimes uh, in order to get the help because not everybody will know how to take us to get to the root and oftentimes we have blind spots so it's it's not always easy right we, we really have nope. to navigate that path in but I like what you said about never giving up I, I do mm-hmm. like the spirit of that uh, because you come from a place where you did want to give up and now coming forth strong and saying, don't do it, don't give up, that there That's are right. different ways to, to really make your life optimal and, and really colorful and resonant for you. And you can come back from serious illness, physical and mental. So I always say to my clients, if you ever feel like killing yourself, don't do it. There's a way out of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's so important uh, to, to see the broader picture. Christine, it's been lovely to talk with you and uh, to really hear about intuition, your own process, and uh, just even your life story, which is quite impactful in, in how it transformed you and now how it's led to what you're doing with other people. If people would like to get in touch with you, how could they do so? The best way is going on my website, which is HTTPS back to health dot today. And there's a contact page and the chat site. So that's the best way. Excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so much for your time. It's lovely to have this conversation with you. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. And to all of you out there, continue to live your colorful life and to be creative in every moment in the ways that you can. Take care, everybody.